The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Folding Warehouse, Ipsy, Ann Arbor. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Hope you like potatoes, Alex, because we've got plenty in store today. We do, and only eight days away from the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Eastern Michigan, San Jose State. It's coming at you. Greg, a pretty light week on campus, and so a good time for us to say farewell to 2022 and our listeners for the rest of the year. This will be the final episode before the new year. We'll pick it back up in January, but you and I have a lot coming up with the bowl game and with some basketball and signing day in between. And our listeners, well, quite frankly, they probably need a break of us to go be with their families around uh, the holiday season. That's a gift to them, right? That's our gift to them is a couple of weeks without Gray and I. Greg, pretty big day, though. We talk a lot about the bowl game, and we'll continue to do that. But today is December 12th. Happy birthday, Becca, if you're listening, because I can't uh, not mention her without then mentioning a couple of other important dates today. It's a great day for On This Day in History. I know you're a history fan. Well, 1987, December 12th, is when Eastern Michigan won its only bowl game, 1987 California Bowl. They beat San Jose State. And then a piece of history that you were a part of just nine years ago on December 12th, 2013. I know that was a pretty special day because it's the anniversary of when Coach Creighton was introduced as the head football coach here. And you didn't know it then, and a lot of people may not have believed it, but I think nine years in, it's pretty safe to say that that day is pretty historic for us. Yeah, you look back, we made the announcement during a women's basketball game. EMU was playing Michigan as part of the halftime exclusive. He and I chatted, much like we've done many times over the years, to introduce him to the fan base. They didn't know the man out of Des Moines, Iowa, was going to turn into what he's become. Uh, But uh, when they, Heather Like, hired him away from Drake University, it certainly changed the momentum for this football program. And boy, oh boy, look at us now, ready to go to another bowl game after winning a share of the Mac West division title. Yeah, Eastern Michigan will play in their fifth bowl game since 2016 next Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. on ESPN when they take on San Jose State in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Greg, five bowl games since 2016. That is tied for the most appearances in that span of any team in the Mid-American Conference. So this team has been able to be very consistent, to be stable, and that's a hard thing to do. In college football, it is not easy to win six games plus year in, year out. It's become the standard here at Eastern Michigan after, quite frankly, 29, 30 years of uh, being the exact opposite and and a large part of their history not having that. So congratulations to Coach Creighton and his family on reaching that milestone. It's hard to be anywhere in any job for almost a decade, Greg. You and I have talked about that. That's just not how it works anymore, right? People used to be in the same place for 60 years. Not quite the same anymore, so well, congratulations I've, to him. I've You've been, been here. You're pushing it. You're pushing over 20, so that's impressive. But that's just uh, a lot of people don't do that anymore. No, right? it's, so that's, it's uh, right. He's one of the longest tenured coaches in the country at this point, and uh, I think that's been said something for his likability as well for this program. Speaking of coaches, uh, not that unfortunately we can do much from up here, but thoughts with Mike Leach and the Mississippi State family. We've got some Mississippi State connections that we know in this department. 
and uh, terrible news out of uh, Mississippi State. So hopefully everything will resolve down there and be okay. But in the meantime, Greg, you mentioned the bowl game's only eight days away. We do have some action on campus before then, but really it's a pretty light week if you're an Eastern Michigan fan. You're kind of getting off easy this week in terms of viewership. Yeah, you are. Finals week always means less and less, but Eastern Michigan will host commencement on Saturday. Here we congratulate all our winter grads for earning that diploma and joining our ranks that Alex and I have been lucky enough to already be a part of. So congratulations to you. And then it's two basketball games, one on the road, one at home. We'll start with the road first is EMU women's basketball. They look to get back on their winning ways. They'll travel to Xavier University right inside Cincinnati, Ohio. It'll be a battle against former EMU women's assistant coach, Candace Finley, who went to UMass. Now they're in the Queen City. Uh, usually we want to send our best to her, but for this one game, we hope it's all green and white, not blue and white. Eastern Michigan off to a pretty good start on the women's side of things. A couple of tough losses in their last two, so trying to get back on track at Xavier. The men's basketball team, Greg, they'll be back home in front of the home crowd in Ypsilanti on Sunday. A lot of us won't be there. We'll be in Boise, Idaho, but the George Griffin game above center will be open. It'll be hopping. There's not many single-game tickets available at this point because they are taking on Detroit Mercy, one of the more electric teams in the Horizon League, a very exciting team coming from Detroit. You know their fans will travel well. Eastern Michigan has been showing up well this year at home games, uh, their fan base. So two prolific scorers. Two very Tom Davis scores. is really, really good. Yes, he is. I'm pace to become the NCAA's all-time leading scorer. So a good matchup that you should see on Sunday. And that's all happening before kickoff on Tuesday. I already mentioned it, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. If you're in town, you can't make it to the game, Greg. There will be an Eastern Michigan watch party available more details will come out about that this week, so keep your calendar clear if you're in the area and want to watch the game with Eastern Michigan fans and faithful. There will be an option to do that here in Ypsilanti. Again, more details coming down the pipe on that. Yeah, we're going to have a watch party. I know there's an unofficial one. There is the official one that we'll have as well if you can't make it uh, to Boise as well. So a big week, and we mentioned the bowl game. We talked about it last week. Greg, we've done a lot of perspective from the student-athlete and coaches' side of things. You and I have tried to do our best to explain some bowl game uh, prep and what goes on behind the scenes. But today we thought, why why would we go to ourselves? We're not the experts. Who better to talk about it than the executive director of a bowl game? And Danielle Brazil, she's the executive director of the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. She's in her first year in that role, but has been involved with it for almost a decade and has a great college um, athletics resume. She's been wonderful. And she was uh, very nice and agreed to join us on the show today to discuss a lot of things from her chair as the executive director, what goes into planning the bowl game, how the selections are made. And trust me, it's a better explanation than Greg and I have been giving and so much more about uh, what's going to happen in Boise, how Eastern Michigan was picked to go there, and really just a great rundown of what fans can expect if they are traveling to Boise as well. So a really special opportunity to hear from her today. Yeah, a really good person. Got to meet her last week when I was out there for the advanced trip. Former student athlete herself, uh, and she's taken over this role and really wants to deliver a terrific game. And there's some really great things lined up as EMU will hit the Mountain Time Zone on Friday, play the game, then on Tuesday and then jet set back here to Ypsilanti to get ready for signing day, which Alex and I will be ready to cover bright eyed and bushy tailed at 7 a.m. Or you can catch our ESPN plus signing day show that afternoon 
at 12. A big week ahead, only eight more days until the team kicks off in Boise. Travel day coming up this week. Plenty of content going out on the EMU football social media accounts. Plenty of uh, content for all the other sports going out from their accounts as well and emueagles.com as always. So wherever you are, however you get your information, stay tuned, stay up to date. And first, enjoy this episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Merry Christmas, everybody. Whether you're in the D or out at sea, we always bring you the E on the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. The Eastern Insider Podcast. Days away from the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, the countdown is on for Eastern Michigan's trip to Boise, Idaho, and we're lucky enough to be joined by the executive director of the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Danielle Brazil. First off, welcome, uh, and thanks for choosing Eastern Michigan. Well, thanks for having me. It's exciting. We are very, very fired up to have Eastern Michigan. We think we kind of have our eye on on the Eagles for a while now and and really excited to have you guys in our bowl game for the first time. Be a fun trip out there. I know I was on the ground last week, got to meet you and your team and, and get ready for the bowl preparations. But for those who aren't familiar with the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, uh, walk us through kind of Boise and how they really support this bowl and get behind it. Yeah, you know, this will be the 26th game for us. And um, it, it was actually started as the Big West Championship game back in 1997 by then athletic director Gene Blameyer. He kind of came to the conference and said, hey, you know, we need a championship game for our league. We've got kind of a unique stadium here in Boise with the blue turf, obviously um, being iconic. Uh, let's let's host it here. And that's kind of where it began now 26 years later. Uh, we kind of call ourselves the longest cold weather bowl game um, in existence. Uh, we used to have a, a, a tag, you got to be tough to play here, um, was kind of our motto for a long time. Because uh, as I'm looking out uh, out my window here, we, we got a lot of snow. In fact, uh, I think all the kids here in the Valley had a snow day today. So um, it's going to be, you know, we've got some cooler temperatures and it's certainly not a uh, kind of a bowl destination that people think of because, you know, obviously we're not Bahamas or Florida, but we think we have a lot to offer in terms of, you know, a unique experience for the teams. We live in a community here in Boise that has had such great community involvement, customer service, everything that involves in, you know, hosting two teams here. And, and you know, for 26, 25 years, soon to be 26, we feel like we've put together a really good product that the teams enjoy coming here, seeing a part of the country that they might not normally get to see and uh, having a, a fun game on the blue turf. This game uh, means a lot for the state. It means a lot for the community. I know originally when it began, it was called the Humanitarian Bowl, and you still have a lot of connections back and, and have a, a tie-in and an award. You still give out for the Humanitarian of the Year Award. What makes Boise so into the community service aspect? Yeah, you know, it did start as the Humanitarian Bowl. And, and for us, we we feel like that's a really important part of, you know, who we are as a bowl game, what kind of the roots of this game are and, and how it was it was really developed. And we we feel strongly about community service. We feel strongly about, you know, giving student athletes the ability, one, to give back to our community because we feel like it's it just ties them closer to, to Boise and who we are. And two, it's we want to recognize those kids, right? We feel like, and you know, we're going to recognize the best player on the field. But at the same time, we want people to get to know 
the best player on the team when it comes to giving back um, kind of their character, who they are and what they're all about. And so we've, we're going to continue to, to honor that, to make that a central theme of, of who we are and what we do. But um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's important. And we're going to have a lot of fun with your student athletes. When they come into town, we're going to package around 40,000 meals event on um, Friday. And those meals will be given back to the Idaho Food Bank. Um, Albertsons is our title sponsor of that. It's it's kind of a fun event. We get to, the two teams are going to get to compete against each other to see who can build the most meals in a time frame and uh, their first kind of bout with competition of the week. But, um, you know, it's to, to donate 40,000 meals in our community is a huge impact. And um, I, I just think that is something that sets us apart from some other games. You're going to go to games and you're going to get to do some fun activities, but we feel like this is a real impactful thing for the student athletes. Danielle, we've talked a little bit about uh, some of the impact that the game is going to make on the Boise community. We'll talk about some of the events that the game is going to bring to town as well. But first and foremost, we've asked coaches this in the past. We've asked administrators. I'm interested from the bowl side of things. You mentioned you've had your eye on Eastern Michigan for a little while. As the executive director of a bull, from that standpoint, what is the process of inviting teams and bringing teams in? When does that start? How do you determine that? Who are you working with to figure out the matchup? Because I know it's probably just as exhilarating for you as it is for us to find out where we're going. It is. It is. I mean, that selection Sunday, your your adrenaline is running because you, mm. you planned all year long for this event. And when it finally, the pieces start to finally fall into place, it, it gets us really excited. We get to, for us, it's all about building those relationships with the two teams that are coming into our game. So to finally solidify who those two teams are. It's a big, that's a big day for us. The The process of bull selection, you know, it's really evolved. I've been involved in the bull industry um, I, for at least 13 years and it's really evolved over the years. I think now with the, you know, it used to be a selection process. Number one would go here. Number two would go here. Number three there. Um, it's changed in a way where we're just really trying to create the best matchups we can in bowl um, locations. So um, from, for us, we're owned and operated by ESPN events um, out of Charlotte. And so for us, we work, our Charlotte team really works with um, both conference commissioners when, you know, obviously for us, we have a mountain West and the Mac contracts. And so how do we find the right teams to pair up together? And so that process really starts, you know, I would say right before Thanksgiving, when you start to look at, okay, who's bowl eligible? Um, we also take into consideration a little bit, you know, where teams have been in the past. You certainly don't want a team to have to continue to go back to the same the bowl location year after year. So that that's certainly kind of one of those caveats when when selecting a team. But but for me, when I look at specifically this matchup, you know, to put you guys against San Jose. I mean, I really feel like San Jose is a an eight an eight win team. You know, they didn't get to play their game against uh, New Mexico State. Um, obviously, you know, who knows what the outcome of that would have been? But they're a solid. They're a really solid team. And so to get two teams of that caliber matched up together, when I look at the overall bowl landscape, I mean, that's we have a we have a pretty elite matchup in my opinion. So. Um, that's really what you're really trying to do is create the best matchups. Now we're also fortunate 
to get two teams that have never been in our bowl game before. So obviously that that came into play to be able to give them that experience. And then when we look at your head-to-head kind of competition with San Jose, you've only met once before. And that was um, back in, I believe it was 87 when you played them in the California Bowl. And today's so, the anniversary of that game, by the way. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, we just, all those kind of things just fell into place for us. And um, uh, certainly, like I said, I've been watching San Jose for a while. I've been watching you guys identified, you know, Eastern Michigan as, as somebody number one, because, you know, I, I love the way, the way that your team plays football, love your, your reputation in college football and, and how your coach conducts himself and your players. And then when you put that with San Jose, who I feel really, you know, are similar, um, it worked out just right for us. You mentioned Selection Sunday and and how much of a fast-paced day it is. It's the same thing on our side of things. But you guys have really done a lot to prepare before that so that when you find out the teams, you can make that sprint. It's important for San Jose State. It's important for Eastern Michigan, the bowl game and the bowl game experience. But how much work goes in to really making this a great experience for the Boise and the greater Boise community? Because ultimately – the two fan bases of the teams that are, are playing aren't necessarily the ones that are going to fill the entire stadium. And I know that is the goal. So what are you guys doing to integrate yourself into the city? And what does a, a bowl game experience mean for that greater region yeah. that you're in? Yeah, it's funny. I get asked a lot, you know, when you, you tell people who you are, what you do, they're like, oh, is that a full-time job? Is that a year-round um, type role? And it is. I mean, planning a bowl game, um, from A to Z, there's just so many details that go into it. And for us, yeah, we spend all year planning for this. You know, we, we don't call it a bowl game. Obviously, it's a bowl week because there's so many activities that, that happen throughout the week. But um, yeah, it, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, the community is essential because, you know, the, like you said, this is we we love hosting teams that come from their markets, their fans, the parents of the players and the band and and everybody that's involved. But as but really, you know, it's a celebration of college football in our community. And that's how we try to sell it is, you know, come Come enjoy the last college football game that's going to be played in Boise this year. And let's celebrate college. This is a big college football town. Obviously, um, Boise State's success over the years has played into kind of the the success and uh, elevation of the bowl game. But we have tremendous community support. We have tremendous corporate community support. Our Sky Center, which is our premium seating area, is is going to be sold out on game day. And that's strictly because of the corporate support that we have in Boise. Um, we're going to have a lot of diehard fans, fans that are not Boise State fans, you know, really come to our game because, you know, they don't have an allegiance to any team in the Valley. So they just want to come watch good football. And, and you're always going to get those folks that come back year after year. And then, you know, what we try to do is put on some fun activities that happen around the game. And um, those are going to evolve and, and change as, as kind of our staff uh, starts here with the bowl game, but we think there's a really good, um, a good foundation here in place. There's going to be, you know, we're going to have the big Idaho potato truck out in front of the stadium for fans to get pictures in front of. We're going to do um, French fry feed. So any fan that wants to come down and join us, they're going to get free fries. There's just going to be a lot of entertainment, great fun things for kids to do. in our, our St. Luke's fit one family field day. We just try to we, we're, this is a very family friendly event, obviously, uh, with a one thirty kickoff, you know, it's 
It's uh, you, you can tailgate and party all day, but it's really fun to bring your kids, come to the game, enjoy the festivities and and watch and celebrate college football in Boise. I know uh, some people are really excited. The band gets to come. So they're looking forward to the Mash Bash, which is at the Grove. If people are looking forward to that, you've also got the ESPN zone in the stadium before the game. Band will be there, cheer and dance, all those things. What else can people anticipate kind of if on a fan coming to watch the game? Yeah, I think, you know, the the one thing that I would, I always encourage fans that are coming from out of town. I mean, Boise has so much to offer, especially this time of year. I mean, you can get up to some world-class skiing in less than 45 minutes. I mean, Boise and it's the restaurant scene is great here. Boise in itself has such great infrastructure. So you're not going to be bored when you come here. And then on game day, you know, you've got ESPN zone, which is in our private tailgate area. You can buy a pass to get in and you get all the free food and drink that you want, um, including alcoholic drinks. Um, so you can, you can come have, have a fun time. Obviously our um, Albertsons fan fest is a big hit. Um, and then, and then in get, in game Boise State, we we partner with them and they have great concessionaires and the stadium's obviously world class and you get to see uh you get to see that famous blue turf in person. So two quick ones for you here. First one is uh, a little bit more serious. The second one is a little bit more fun. But from a serious standpoint, Greg and I's uh, catchphrase on this show is that we bring people all things Eastern all the time and we take you inside from a different perspective. So from the seat of an executive director of a bull, what is something about putting on a bull game or about this bull game specifically that the average fan may never know unless you tell them right now? Yeah, from my seat, it is providing student athletes with a with an experience that they're gonna you know remember and it will last a lifetime. I mean, I I played collegiate sports and when I think back, I wasn't a very good I wasn't a very good softball player. But what I remember is the time I spent with my teammates. And so you know, I I know a lot of people out there you know criticize the bowl industry. There's too many bowl games. Well, in my opinion, there's there's never enough bowl games because. Because we have the best postseason, I think, in, in all sports, because there's going to be a lot of teams that get a walk away with a number one with a victory and number two with that extra experience of being together, enjoying your teammates, enjoying your coaches, the administration, because that's those relationships you'll carry with you for a lifetime. So for me, from my perspective, I, I really think that's the number one goal of an executive director is to to host student athletes and their coaches and their families and make sure they leave an experience that they're going to remember forever. And then you mentioned some of the great family fun and photo opportunities, the, the Idaho potato truck. If somebody wants to trek up to the mountains of certainly great scenery, but from your perspective, I know you've done a little bit of research on Eastern Michigan. So when we come to town on uh, on Friday and through the next week, what are you most looking forward to taking a picture with? Is it going to be some hammers or maybe the maybe the wrench from Eastern Michigan? Well, well the wall I, is what she the wants. The wall, yeah, it's, it's it's I'm all about the wall. Okay, like I cannot wait. I kind of I'm going to park myself at that stadium. I'm going to watch it being built. I'm going to be I'm going to have a front row seat to watch that thing get get torn down. I can't wait. I, I, the wall is such a unique part of who you guys are and what you do. And uh, I can't wait to to see that thing go down. Well, I do have a I piece of the wall it. in my office as well. And you you are looking at right now. You can't see us if you're listening, but we're on we're doing this on a Zoom call. And, and 
Danielle is looking at the two uh, constructioneers of the wall at Bullgame. Oh. They have built the last four. So I think we'll probably continue that tradition. Maybe you can even help us out. We'll give you the time. I was going to say, you put me to work. Well, I'd be happy to build some of that wall. And I that that brings up a good point. I need to snag myself a little piece of that to keep as a memento. The other memento that we're hoping to bring home is uh, the Idaho tradition of the winner gets the bucket of, of French fries dumped on them. Uh, are there seasonings? Are there, uh, are, do you give coach ketchup or how do you just, what do you, you do? You know, if he's a ketchup guy, we are happy to provide some ketchup because uh, <laughs> th- that is probably one of the most epic uh, postseason kind of award situation. When you get that, those French fries dumped on you and the guys are are jumping around and, and eating the fries. I mean, there's nothing like it. We're, we're really excited how, how the fry dump has turned out and it, it will continue to put our little spins on it every year. Well, Greg is getting a little bit excited about the fries. We've got 60 minutes of football to play before that. And before even then, we've got eight days on everybody to prepare before the famous Idaho potato bowl. Danielle Brazil has a lot to do in that time, but we appreciate her so much for being on the executive director of the potato bowl. Danielle, thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you in just a few days. Thank you guys so much for having me. And we can't wait to host the Eagles here in Boise soon. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.